Good morning, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters. Today I am interviewing author Tracy Parnell and she has written her recent book, The 40-Year-Old Snowbird, that she's here to share with us. And I hope you will be inspired and encouraged by her story and have the opportunity to read her book. Hi Tracy, thanks for joining me this morning. I'm so happy that you were available to be interviewed. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Angela. Um, can you give the listeners a little bit of background? I know you do several different things in your business and you have your own, own organization. And if you could tell us about that and kind of how you got to that point, that would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. I am, I'm currently 43 years old and I became a snowbird at the age of 32, so just over 10 years ago, uh, sharing my time both from sunny Florida and Toronto, Canada. And what brought me down here is I brought, my, I brought myself to the point of becoming a workaholic. Uh, I was working at a corporation, making over $100,000 a year, but I worked 14-hour days. I took very, very seldom took holidays, and when I did, I, find my, I found myself talking on the phone the whole time. I couldn't relax. I couldn't uh, stop working. And I recognized that at that age that if I continue to do that, I wouldn't even be a long life. And I decided to take a year off, a sabbatical, and I came down to Florida and I walked the beaches for a long time, a couple mm -hmm. of months. Wow. And just really, really soul searching and, and discovering what was really important to me. And everybody kept talking about balance, you know, that I was off balance. You know, I knew what was wrong, but I didn't know how to correct it. I knew that working 14-hour days was not the end all and be all, right. but I didn't know how to I didn't know how to find that balance that one kept talking about. So I figured I'll do the most extreme thing and take a year off and 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 go to a place that I love to visit, which is Sarasota, Florida. Uh -huh. And I did I did uh, you know I wrote wrote a journal. I wrote as much as I could. I asked as many people, and I found the people down here that were living the snowbird lifestyle were totally balanced, um, but the difference is that they were all in excess of 60, 70 years old, mm -hmm. and I, I thought to myself, how do I get that sort of, that, that feeling of peace and tranquility and live the snowbird lifestyle, but not having to be, you know, being at such a young age, how can I find that balance? Right. So, so I decided to, to interview as many snowbirds as I could, and I started to figure out, how can I include some of the things that they have into my current work because I, you know, I certainly plan on working for a long time and at 32 I wasn't ready to retire. Mm -hmm. So I essentially took some of the things that they had going for them, which were travel, which were living in Florida for the winters, um, you know, making time for what I call to have a zero day every week. I have a zero day, which means I have no appointments. I get to do whatever I want. Um, I looked at, you know, balance, health, nutrition, and all of those things, and got myself back to, so I'm exercising um, I don't have, I haven't been sick in I don't know how long, because I'm living just a much more balanced lifestyle. Right. And, and you know, the, the, one, the one thing I certainly had to sacrifice was that $100,000 paying job. Right. Um, so I wasn't ready to go back to that lifestyle. So it was all about how can I become mobile? How can I work from a laptop no matter where I am? Mm -hmm. And and I spent the last 10 years doing just that, making my business 
purely mobile. So it doesn't matter if I'm in Canada or if I'm in Australia or Florida. I have a highly mobile business, mm -hmm. and and as a result, I can go where I want when I want. Right. Uh, and I think I think that's going to be the trend. Certainly, with uh, with the next the next couple of generations, we're going to see a lot of that. Uh, folks, you you know, our age, looking to have more freedom, mobility, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 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 a snowbird lifestyle. Right. And what is it that you do in your business? My full-time business, is, well, I call it full-time, it's three days a week, uh, work week is what I do, and it's career coaching. I help people find jobs that they will stay, that they love to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm a big promoter of passion and purpose, so what is it that you were put on the planet to do, mm -hmm. and, what, and what are you passionate about, whether that's singing, painting, um, whatever it is, we all know what we really were put on the planet to do. But we have a lot of these things in our life called but. Yeah, yes, but, but I have to do this. I have to do that. Uh -huh. And what I, what I teach people to, to do is to remove those buts and, and basically get back to the passion and purpose, what we put here to do, and then figure out a way to change your career from that job that you hate to go to mm -hmm. to a job that the job that makes you jump out of bed in the morning and say, wow, I get to paint and create and, and have fun today. Right, right. That totally makes sense. And I agree with your philosophy 100%. I want to ask you, though, how do you help people to deal with the fear in that? Because as you know, most people don't do things because they're based in fear and they're afraid of this or that. Those are the buts usually. And what do you do or help people to do to address that? There's a number of things. I, I really try and get to the bottom of it because when you talk about fear, that just encompasses so many, so many possibilities. It could be, uh, it could be the fact that they are listening to voices in their in their head that are not their own. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, my mother always told me I should be this, or my husband always told me I should be that, and they're living a life that that again they're listening to voices in their head that are not their own. So, mm -hmm. what I what I would have someone do in that case is to, you know, to do journaling and writing down these messages that come into our head on a repeated basis and decide, is that your voice or is it somebody else that was instilled in you before you even turned the age of five years old? Right. That's, it. That's essentially what happened to me. I'm an artist now today, which is part of my business. I paint and I sell my painting, but I didn't discover that until I was about 22. I had completely suppressed my 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 feeling and my desire to paint and it, it happened when I was in kindergarten and I was painting and having a ball and I, I, I took myself back to that, you know, I had a, I basically went back in time and remembered how much fun it was when I was in kindergarten painting and then I realized when I got exercise at age 22 that I hadn't picked up a pencil or a paintbrush mm -hmm. and why was why was that? And the reason why is because I got a message somewhere along the way that said, well, that's really cute and wonderful that you can paint, but you'll never make a living out of it. Right. You'll become a, you'll become a starving artist, which is the society belief about most artists, that very few people make it as an artist. And I, as soon as I recognized that, I said, that doesn't make sense to me logically. I see people mm -hmm. all around me that can make money from, from their creations. I, there's evidence of it, but I, so I was stopping myself from that example. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was limiting my, my life. I was living my life by my limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the other thing that I would ask my clients to do is to really listen to what's going on in their head and say, why am I stopping myself 
from doing what I know I really want to do. And it's usually, in most cases, nine times out of ten, it's ourselves that are stopping us from, go, from doing what we want to do. Right. That totally makes sense. I totally agree with that. And so I guess what you're saying is you took your own experience of being at the end of the road, so to speak, with the corporate job and the long hours and said you needed to do something differently. Something inside of you was in conflict with all the voices and all the messages. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I think that, that some of the, the, the ways that you live your life are certainly by your own intention and your own design. Mm -hmm. the, trick is, the trick is to look at all the seven areas of your life and say to yourself, are you living, are you living up to your potential? Mm -hmm. And when I, when I say that, you look at your life in its entirety. And when you look at your work life and you say, I'm working 14 hour a day, it doesn't take too many people to you know, tap you on the shoulder and say, that's unhealthy. That's not, that's not what our society would really recommend you do. There's a new book out called The Four Work Week. I think it's brilliant. I think that we should be working four days or even three days a week. Right. It's, not health, it's not healthy way that a lot of people live today because they think, I have to make make money and they're just going check, paycheck to paycheck and, and it, it really never ends until they get to the point where maybe they turn 65, they're completely run, run out from a long, lifelong career and then they move to wherever they really want to live, in Florida, where, what have you, and then their body starts to break down mm -hmm. because of such a, you know, such a, uh, a difficult career that they've put themselves right. into. And so stress. Book, and, mm -hmm. and stress, it's just undue stress that, you know, if you can get smarter about the way that you make money and reprioritize your life to be where you want to be, then you can, you can live a much more balanced life. Right. And who were some of your um, inspirations or people who role modeled to you or motivated you in this journey that you've been on? You know, gosh, it started, it started in when I was in my early 20s. I started listening to Anthony Robbins, mm -hmm. Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. uh, I went from him to Louise Hay, who cured herself of cancer and uh, has a number of, of books and CDs that you can get online or, or at the bookstore. Uh, but my most probably influential person would be Dr. Wayne Dyer. Mm -hmm. And his, his, his philosophy is very encompassing of all your life, not just work. Mm -hmm. And I was so focused on work, work, and go after, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. I had very little regard for home, health, and all the other things that go around that should be going on in your life. But it's kind of like a juggling act. You've got to juggle all these things on a constant basis, but if you're completely strung out uh, by working, you know, 24/7, it makes something ends up failing, and mm -hmm. and you and usually that's when they say you hit rock bottom, and then you then you go, okay, I need to make some severe changes. Right. Um, and the, the book that I wrote was really all about redesigning, recreating your life to be where you want to be now, instead of waiting until you're retired. Right. That makes sense. And what were some of the things that you decided? I mean, did you make a list of, okay, these are the key things that I really need to have happen or need to, you know, focus in on? Or how did you go about, I mean, we, we get the picture of the overall vision is to, like, shorten the work week, create balance, you know, have your life be satisfying and fulfilling. But were there things that you pointed out for yourself that were essential to what your needs were? Well, the trick for balance 
is everybody, this is the tricky part about balance, is everybody's balance is different. Right. And I got, I got so frustrated from hearing people say, oh, you just have to get balanced. So I designed my own system because I couldn't follow anybody else's system. Mm-hmm. What somebody else, you know, what, I, what somebody else defined balance was didn't work for me. So, and I realized, and this took me a good five years of going to courses, listening to, to this, this topic of balance. So I essentially created my own, and it's so simple that it's, it, it's easy to follow, and anybody and everyone can, and I encourage them to do this. You don't need to buy any fancy books or CDs. You simply need to sit in front of a piece of paper and draw a nice big circle and cover the seven areas of your life, and they would be your, your mental or your emotional being. That would be the first one. The second one would be your physical being, your health. The, sec- the third one is um, your career. Then I go into household, and that goes into lifestyle travel as well. So your household is where you're residing. Mm-hmm. The next one's financial. And then we look at friends, family, and relationships. So those are the people that are surrounding you. And the final one is spirituality, and whatever that means to you. You can call it religion or, you know, belief system, but I call it spirituality. And I look on it, and I just basically draw those out on a, on a, on a circle, and I look at a, a scale of 1 to 10, where am I right now? Uh-huh. So emotion, emotionally, I might be 7 out of 10. And I ask myself, why am I a 7 out of potentially being a 10? And I ask that question to myself, and the, the, the answer will come out. You know, you're like your own therapist. Right. We, all know, we all know we should be exercising. We all know we shouldn't smoke. We all know we know these things, but yet we don't do them. Right. And sometimes we do have bad habits. So the best person to ask any question that you have is yourself. Mm-hmm. And take, take the time to do that. And at the end of the exercise, I literally just look at, okay, what are some two or three key action items I can take? in each area of my life to improve it. And and this is an ongoing process. I'll be doing this exercise that I'm explaining until I'm 120 because I'm a lifelong I'm a lifelong learner and that's the whole point of balance is that what's gonna be my perfect balance today is going to be different tomorrow and next right. week and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a constant exercise. it's like a muscle that you need to develop and continually um, work on on getting your perfect balance and, and recognizing that it's never going to be exactly the same way all the time. Right. That makes sense. And how do you work with people from afar? I mean, you said you, you're mobile, and so I'm assuming that means you don't always get to meet face-to-face. And how does that work for you to create this life that you have of being able to um, do your business and coach others from wherever you are? Good question. Uh, is the answer is I'm extremely creative, um, and that means that when I'm in Toronto, Canada, where I where I live, that's my permanent home. I have a practice, and I meet with individuals one on one, and I have the majority of my business done during those summer months. So those are my technically working six months while I'm in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when I when I decide to come to Florida, I work on researching things like the book that I wrote. Um, I use uh, Skype as well to keep in contact with my clients, mm-hmm. and my business is at the point where I'm going to be starting to sell videos and online interviews like we're doing now, so that when people, when I'm not physically there, they can 
go to my website and you know buy a, a CD or a book, whatever it is that they all seek at that particular time. Right, that's great. And like you said, I agree with you. That's how the world is going these days, and everybody wants to be more mobile and more, more flexible. So I think it's great what you're doing. Um, talk to the listeners a bit about what some of the challenges have been. I mean, obviously, you've been successful and you've worked hard at this and put a lot of thought and energy into it, but I'm sure there's been challenges along the way. Can you tell us about some of those and how you overcame them? Sure. I think the, the most uh, difficult challenge and constant challenge that I even face to this day is that I'm living an unconventional lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. When I first came over, one of the first years or second year I came over, I got stopped at the border uh, by the U.S. Customs officials and they asked me what I was doing and I had to be completely honest and told them I was coming to Florida for a few months to reflect and walk the beaches and yada yada. And he says, uh, well that doesn't make sense. You're 32 years old and you're taking three months off. How is that possible? Well, I've, I've discovered now that it, because of I have an unconventional lifestyle, because I was doing something outside the box, I wasn't doing the typical nine-to-five job, he had, the border official had such a hard time understanding that. So his mm -hmm. conclusion, he immediately concluded that I was coming down to work under the table, which is what a lot of people do to survive. And it was the furthest thing from my, uh, my intention. I really was telling the truth. And I realized that, I can't simply just tell the truth to people um, without facing judgment. And, right. and even when I got down here, uh, there's a, there's a, the society here is generally or typically an older society. So when I would introduce myself as a, being a snowbird, you know, I'd have these people that were in their 70s kind of snuck her down looking at me like, oh, yeah, look at her. Like mm -hmm. she, she, doesn't, she doesn't fit the typical you know, scenario of snowbird, what are you doing down here? You're too young. In fact, I had someone told me point blank at an event that I went to, she said, you, should, you shouldn't be here. You, you need to go home. Go back to where all of the people are of your age. Wow. Too many, yeah, she actually told me, she said, I wouldn't be coming back to this social, it was a social event for snowbirds. Mm -hmm. And because I was the youngest one in the room, I, I think a few people asked me to get them a coffee or something, thinking I was a waiter. Or waitress, because uh -huh. I just so I'm basically saying that I'm a I'm sort of a, a round peg trying to fit into a square uh, hole, and it and it and it doesn't. It, so it goes with a lot of judgment, and it's just finally starting now to make sense to people. You know, uh -huh. to the my friends and family, even my immediate family. Are you sure you want to do that? Like, right. think about the loss of income that you're going to have. Um, and, and I did. I had a, a huge loss of income. I don't have that steady income that uh, that I would have had had I stayed in a comfortable, cushy job mm -hmm. uh, that I that I would have, I would have had this lifestyle. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to walk the beaches and take it and work a three-day work week and all that stuff. So, you know, the first year I suffered financially greatly, uh, but it was a lifestyle choice. And I think you have to, you know, at the end of the day. One of the exercises I do with my clients is it's called a rocking chair exercise. And we literally pretend that we're in our rocking chair and we're 120 years old. Mm -hmm. and, and we're saying, you know, you've done the things. Well, I know from the stuff I've read about you, like what is really important in your world besides right. work and making mm -hmm. money? You, you sure can't take it with you. Exactly. And what do you want to be able to say at the end of your life that I did other than make a whole bunch of money? 
Um, so that's, that's one exercise that, you know, sometimes people resist doing, but once they do, they really do that for themselves and realize that family's more important, that their quality of life is more important. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't think there's any one thing in control of our destiny. That's true. Um, and, you know, we, we, do, we do the best we can with what we've got, but there's something to be said about the present and enjoying the moment. That's right. Because nobody's got guarantee on the future. Right. Nor do we have a crystal ball. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the things I love about you, Tracy, since the very moment that I met you, is that you do create a sense of balance within your own self that reflects off of you. And I think that in itself encourages and inspires other people to want that because it, it shows to me a sense of peace. And I think that one of the things I try to help people to understand is that all these things that you're talking about are valuable and important for you, but they're at the same time helping so many other people and life-changing for many people that I know that you've worked with or that have read the book already or that have just been touched by something you've said or done. So I think that's awesome and that's important to remember is that everything we do, I'm sure you agree, is not just about us, but it's also about what are we contributing back. And I think what you're contributing back is just awesome. Thank you. I, I really do think, uh, I, I sometimes wake up and just can't believe that I get paid to do what I, what I do because it, it, it is an extreme privilege to work with people and be able to be trusted at, at the point, at the level that I'm really influencing and reshaping this person's life. And I don't take that lightly at all. I think it's, it's a very, it's the highest privilege that you can get to get into somebody's head and heart and be able to safely guide them to where I, you know, I see potential everywhere. I, other people and I, you know, I think that they could, they could be so much more than they are. Right. And it's only, it's only them that's limiting themselves. So I really that's just right. teach tools, you know, I teach tools to, to, to to avoid some of the pitfalls and get over get over themselves, you know, so to speak. And you know, the the self selfish part about it, the business is in the fact that when I'm talking to clients every day and I'm reminding them to do something, I have to ask, turn around and ask myself, Am I doing that? Right. I have to hold myself accountable. I can't be telling you, Angela, you know, you should be exercising three times a week and then I'm sitting on a couch eating potato chips. Exactly. I mean you have you have to lead by example as a as a business leader, as a coach. I think that leading by example is one of the most important mm -hmm. um, messages that I personally got when I did the purpose exercise, which is what is my purpose here? And instead of trying to control everybody and everything around you, is just to lead by example, live live the life of of purpose. And that's why I'm constantly involved in nonprofits and charities and raising funds for uh, less fortunate and animals and fighting for animal rights and whatnot. And I think everybody needs to have some something that they really strongly believe in. Yes. Put money put money aside for a second. Help survive yourself and get out get out of your own head for a minute and go like my one of the things my mother did from a very young age is she took us to a, usually around Christmas time. And she took us there with the sole intention of us, us children realizing that hey, not everybody gets a Christmas tree and presents. Some of these kids are actually sick, and it takes you into a whole new way of thinking. And had she not have done that, may not have been, you know, as, as 
driven to be to get back to the community and fight for people right. as I am today. That's awesome. That's a great story. I love to hear stuff like that because it's so powerful and to carry that message on is just an awesome way to honor your parents or whoever it was that instilled that in you, you know? So the yeah. name of your book is The 40-Year-Old Snowbird, which fits perfectly. And now we have a good, you know, lead into that based on what you've been saying. So tell us more specifically about the book and what made you feel like you should write the book and really who your audience is. Uh, my audience probably would, you know, I hate to say everyone, but really it is everyone. I have mm -hmm. um, clients, clients from the age of 17 to my oldest one, which is 93. Wow. And, and here's, here's why I say everyone, because not every place that you live in is perfect all the time. At least I haven't run into anybody that has said that. Mm -hmm. um, even people that live in Hawaii, where it's absolutely gorgeous, there's usually one or two or two, maybe three months. But that person wouldn't mind going somewhere else. You know, right. Maybe they maybe they want to go home to, to Canada or they want to go back to Australia, wherever. But the whole point is to is to be able to travel a little bit more, and not just not just that two weeks that you work all year for, so you get two weeks and you go to Cancun and you come home and that's it. This is about a lifestyle choice. I have some Floridians uh, that want to get out of the heat in the summers because it can get extremely unbearable here. So it's all about just where do you really want to be? So you think about where you want to be. Maybe it's at home for the grandkids for a couple of months. Um, it's about lifestyle choice. Where do you want to be? And I have a Floridian uh, client who wants to go to Thailand for three months, and he's not 35 years old. So there's really no – the second I say that there's an actual time frame or there's an age group, a specific target market, male, female, whatever – Somebody proves me wrong, so mm -hmm. I, that's why I say I say everyone. Right, that makes it, sense. The book, the, the book really is about examining your life, mm -hmm. looking at your life and saying, are you absolutely happy each day? Are you content each day? Or are you frustrated of shoveling the snow? Or not just so much about the cold weather, but it could be, you know, you're uncomfortable, as I said, during the heat or what have you. You should be content. And the beauty about this planet is that there really is enough room on it for everybody to be where they want to be. Right. Um, you go to some of the parts of third world countries and, and, and they're so poor, yet the land is so unbelievably beautiful. Mm -hmm. And why aren't people living there? Because of commercialism or what happened. But you really can travel to where you want to go. And the cost of living, that's the other point I make in the book. The immediate thought is, oh, I couldn't possibly go live in Thailand for three months. I have to have a hotel and, and then and then the, the food and yada, yada. But really, the, the whole point of reading the book is to start thinking creatively about housing, about cost of living. Mm -hmm. And think, think outside that, that typical, you know, one, four, one, sorry, one winter I spent in Fort Lauderdale, I literally went with that, I'm going for one month. That's all I can afford. Seventy dollars a night. I said to the, I ended up getting together with the gentleman who ran the hotel and, and bought him a coffee. And I and I just asked him. I started asking him a series of questions about was he being hit with the economy? And yes. And I said, well, why don't you have your occupancy at a hundred percent? He said, well, you know, the tourists aren't coming as much. And, and I said, well, it, it, does it make sense for you to have an empty room? Or would it make sense for you to reduce the rate? I said, if you reduce the rate, I'd stay longer. And I, I was kind of joking, I think, at the time. Uh -huh. And he said, 
And he said, really? And he said, well, how long would you stay? And I said, well, ideally, I'd love to stay three months, but I can't afford it. So we went on to, to continue to talk about different things, and, and it, it talks about more exactly how it happened in the book, but essentially I stayed for the three months for the same budget that I had budgeted in my head on the plane down there for a month. And again, that was because, you know, you, you think, well, it's typical hotel, fast and food and whatnot. You get creative when you become a local, you get creative about maybe going to the farmer's market to buy food instead of public. Right. Um, I, should, I shouldn't say public. <laughs> I shop there all the time. But I just mean, you know, going to some of the local mom and pop shops sometimes are, are less expensive. And you, you look at the lifestyle. I ran into a gentleman who was a, a professor in Toronto, and he was in Fort Lauderdale uh, playing chess on a wall, and he was trying to beat people playing chess. And I said to him, gosh, you're a professor, professor at a university, and here you are playing chess with people on, on, on you know, sitting down here. He said, I love it. I'm going to stay here as long as I possibly can. In fact, he said, I'm staying in a hostel down down the way uh-huh. and uh, for $12 a night. And I said, are you kidding me? You're a professor and you're staying at a hostel for $12 a night? And he said, well, what do I need? But a bed to sleep at night? Mm-hmm. He said, as long as, safe, as long as it's safe and clean, what do I care? He said, this is where I want to be on the wall playing chess with people. And I right. thought, well, that, that's a pretty good answer. I mean, how, how could I argue with that? Yeah, that so makes sense. He, you know, he's just thinking outside of the traditional ways of what would have gotten his way when he was, you know, thinking, no, I can't do it, it's, you know, I can't afford it. Right. All these can't. Mm-hmm. It, you really have to rephrase the way you think and say, but what if I could? What if right. I did? Right. What if I wanted to badly enough? So it sounds like two strong messages in the book are one to reflect on your life and your lifestyle and what makes you happy and not happy, and two, to adapt. So you need to choose things and then adapt things to make it more comfortable to get to what your dreams are. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's well put. Okay, good. That sounds, I'm just really excited. I've ordered my copy and I'm about to read it as I finished my last book. So I'm very excited to read it. Can you tell our listeners where they can find out more information about your coaching business and how to order the book? Certainly. Uh, The book is called The 40-Year-Old Snowbird by Tracy Parnell, and it is available on both Amazon.com and Amazon.ca for those folks in Canada. And that is currently the only way that you can purchase the book. Um, I attest to staying highly mobile, so this is the way that I've been able to stay mobile and leave it to the cipher people to, to sell my book. It's also a book that is print uh, is done print on demand, which means that it only gets printed when somebody orders a copy, which I think is environmentally friendly and, and a smart thing to do. Right. The book is uh, nine ninety nine U S and $10.50 in Canada, mm-hmm. and it will be shipped, shipped directly to your home. So you just go online to Amazon.com, type in the 40-year-old snowbird, and my book will come up. You'll see on the front of the book is a painting that I did, which is um, a painting down here in Florida, which is another thing I do as an artist, as a creative artist. Uh, it's also featured on my website, which is creativity guaranteed, all one word, dot com. And that gives you about 12 different pages of all the creative things that I do to make money so that I can afford to live the lifestyle of being a 40-year-old snowbird. That's great. So if anybody wants to find out more about Tracy or 
um, her business or order her book, please um, go to her website or you can always contact me at my website or the radio show. And Tracy, I just thank you for taking your time today to share about your book and some of the things that you're doing and how you got here, so to speak. And again, I'm very blessed that I met you in the first place and how that came about and that we can be connected and share ideas and connections. And I just wish you the absolute best with your business going on and the book and all that good stuff. Oh, and I do want to mention you also have um, a group that you've started in Sarasota, Florida. Is that correct? The Snowbird Meeting? Yes, I just started a new networking group, which is a free networking uh, educational support group for snowbirds. Okay. And that is that is called, uh, the website is snowbird, snowbirdsofsarasota.ning.com. And we meet every other Wednesday during the winter season at the RBC Bank downtown Sarasota and you can find out more information uh, both on that website and my creativityguarantee.com. It's a new support group and we're, we just started with 20-30 members and we're really just having a great time sharing secrets, tips and meeting new friends that all have the same thing in common which is being, uh, living the snowbird lifestyle. That's awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Tracy, and I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Angela, very much, and thank you for also leading uh, such a fine example of your life your business. I know what you, just a little bit of what you do, and I'm just so inspired by your story. I encourage Aww. everyone to go re read more about you because you really are an inspiration. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate that.